Sports Podcast. And just like that, we're back. Last week, we touched a little bit on the rumors. Where there's smoke, there's usually fire. But we didn't want to do too much of a deep dive because our catchphrase for the Talking Buds podcast is what, Ryan? We don't deal in hypotheticals. We don't deal in hypotheticals. And then, late last week, Kyle Dubas made it a fact. Jumbo Joe Thornton is a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ryan, your initial reaction when you heard about the signing? Uh, that There's just been a philosophy change overall. Like, this guy has been preaching skill, speed, and all that good stuff for as long as he's been the general manager for this hockey team, and which is all good his philosophy whatever but it's been pretty clear that from what we've seen from this team that they need something different and there's so many different ways to look at this there's a lot of people who just look at the points the 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 speed the time on ice the all the analytics and then there's people like you and I who look at this as in you know what it's nice to have a bunch of fast bottom six dudes and a bunch of skill on your team. But, man, when you watch this team as intently as you and I have, this team is missing a, a special element of personality. So when this whole signing went down, it's like this is what this team needs. Like this is what it needs. It needs guys, a group of guys, veterans, to come into the locker room. Do you think Jumbo Joe Thornton has an unbelievable Reputation. This guy walks in the room. He's gonna be. He's gonna own the room, and that's what this team needs. He seems like such a beauty. I watched his introductory Zoom call. I watched him on Tim and Sid. I watched him on Overdrive. He seems like such a beauty. Like he seems like the type of guy that, like, if you don't like him and you don't like being this guy's teammate, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, and all his teammates that have played with him have nothing but the most un- unbelievable things to say about him. Just an absolute beauty. An absolute leader news, and a legend. When I got the news of the signing, my chain of thought was, oh my God, he actually did it. Because there, no, there was no question in my mind that the Leafs wanted him. It was, was he going to come? And so first I was like, oh my God, he did it. He's coming. Then I find out that he signed for 700 grand. And I think, oh my God, what a beauty. Then after that, I don't know how I didn't know this already. I find out he's playing in Switzerland right now for free. Get ready for the season. Yeah, he's not getting paid to play hockey in Switzerland right now. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And That's that, how much this guy wants to be a pro hockey player in his 40s. 
Absolutely. And that's and he knows that's what he has to do to stay in the type of shape it takes to still play in this league. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's incredible. And and, and I'm with you. Like I was uh I was on the radio the other day and they were asking me like you know, wh- where do you think he slots into the lineup? And I'm like, I got to be honest with you guys. Like, I haven't thought about Joe Thornton playing hockey once. All I've thought about is get him in that dressing room. And especially when he's doing his, like, media conferences and he's saying things like, I'm coming to win a Stanley Cup. And on the one hand, you're like, yeah, well, what else is he going to say? But on the other hand, it's like he genuinely believes, and like I said earlier, I watched him in three separate interviews. He genuinely believes that this team, that joining the Maple Leafs, gives him a good shot at winning a Stanley Cup. So you put him in that dressing room. If there's any nonsense going on, and people not focused on the ultimate goal. Jumbo is going to say something to him. And people who have been around him have said he's that type of leader. Like he is the type of guy. He's not like Johnny T. Like he is the type of guy who if you're being a goof. He's going to tell you that you're being a goof. And pick it up. I love it. I love the stat too that he's like the the only active player in the league who scored a goal at Maple Leaf Gardens. I know. Isn't that unbelievable? That's an <laughs> epic stat. Like, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Like, yeah, that I is know. sick. Yeah, I know. I heard that the other day, too, and I was like, wow. It was such a unique experience for me because I'm obviously older than you, and I'm older than the entire Maple Leaf team. So for them bringing in a guy, Joe Thornton, who I watched when I was, like, a younger hockey fan and have him joining the Leafs is such a – like a nostalgic feeling for me because I was like, man, people in this city are going to love this guy. They're going to love this guy. Like he's yeah. going to be, he, they already love him. The guys like me and you, like f- he, that this move caters to the type of Leaf fans that are you and I. Yeah, that are, there's, yeah, there's that no are, doubt about it. There's, You say it every week. There's a clear divide in the way we look at this team in terms of the fan base. There's one side and then the other side. We're clearly on more of the old school side. I've read a lot of pieces and articles and all the radio call-ins and interviews. And there's a lot of people who are in the camp of their bottom six got a lot worse. And like that, okay, like that's one way to look at it. But the way the the corner that me and you stand in is exactly what you said. It's I haven't thought about Joe Thornton once and his ice time and his ability to contribute in any area. The way we feel about this team is there's one glaring, glaring problem. There's a bunch of little issues on the ice, power play, whatever. That's nice, but there is one glaring issue for this team, and that is just the culture and the ability to bring something special to the room for when those times in the hockey games where this team unravels and folds like a cheap suit, can they have somebody on that bench to be like, let's go. Let's end this now. Yep. That's all. That's to me. That is the number one need for this hockey team. Well, and you said, you said this move caters to that, um, segment of the fan base every move they've made so far caters to 
that segment of the fan base. Like, maybe not so much Jimmy VC or TJ Brody, but, like, Simmons, Thornton, Bogosian, all moves that cater to the Leaf fan that feels that this team lacks compete. Yeah, and, on a regular basis. And if you're a huge Andreas Janssen fan, there, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't want to come on here and, say, and sound like our way is the best way. There's plenty of different ways to look at this sport, which what which what makes it so special and so different in 2020. But clearly, someone in management, either Kyle Dubas or Brendan Shanahan or who or the coach, Sheldon Keefe or Sheldon, whoever. I think, I think he's... If you listen to Thornton talk, not to cut you off, but... If you listen to Thornton talk, Sheldon Keefe played a big, big role in talking to him, convincing him to come here. I think one thing that um, fans, and I know myself personally, probably overlooked, we've been focused on Dubas and Shanny. I think Sheldon Keefe, a lot of the feedback he gave at the end of the year is, we got a bunch of kids who don't know how to win. And don't know how to react in a bad yeah. situation or or, yeah. or when things are going bad. And there's a lot of pressure on them. Like, there's no doubt. This team has a lot of pressure. These guys with the big dough and young dudes, they, they have a lot of pressure on them. And it's in clearly, as my last point, there's somebody who's who's finally seen the way we see it. That... Yeah, it's nice to have Andreas Janssen skating 5,000 miles an hour down the ice on a four check and scoring the odd nice goal. But, man, the the, the importance of having a, a culture, like I hate that word. I, I hate using that word, but it's the word to use. The, the importance of it is is this team's number one issue. And clearly someone in management, the coach, the president, the general manager, clearly sees it that way as well. And that's why they've gone out and made all these moves. There's just, there's no other way. You can't deny it. That's why. So let's touch on it quick. Where do you see him? I see him as a fourth line center. He's the fourth line center, in my opinion. Yeah. Jason Spezza is going to have to work his way around. But Joe Thornton is the fourth line center of this hockey team. Yes. Yes. So... Because I think that's where everyone's um, mind goes. It's like, okay, where's Jason Spezza land? And I think Jason Spezza needs to get used to the idea of some nights he's the third-line winger. Some nights he's the fourth-line winger. Sometimes if some there's an injury, he's in down the middle. Some nights he'll be in the press box. Like, And listen, Jumbo's not a young guy. I'm sure there'll be nights that he's in the press box, although he seems like a grizzled veteran. He doesn't seem exactly like the type of guy who would be stoked on getting that news. Um, but I'm I'm with you. Fourth line center. Rob, I'm going to give you a Second take. Second power play unit. I'm going to give you a take right now. Yeah. There is not a hope in hell that Joe Thornton is sitting in that press box for one game. Yeah. Zero percent chance. Yeah. Everybody else who's a center on this hockey team needs to get used to the fact that this guy's never coming out of the lineup. And it's not happening. Jason Spezza is is a beauty. He's he's came here last year under the same circumstance. League minimum, one year. I want to win something. This team seems like a special hockey team. They just need a little something. But Jason Spezza isn't going to be 
upset if he's not centering the fourth line. Like He's going to have to work around this whole situation. There's no doubt that Joe Thornton, that Joe Thornton's signing has affected his status in the lineup. But believe me, Sheldon Keefe will find a way to work this guy in if he really wants him in the lineup. I'm, I'm not worried about Jason Spezza's ice time, okay? It's no. just having these guys around, these around the core, it's just so important. Like, it doesn't yes. matter. You can figure that out. Sheldon Keefe can figure that out. He'll be okay. I agree. Don't worry about who's the number one or the fourth line center. Like, don't some, worry about some, it. Some of these people just get so worried about it, right? They're so like, worried about it. It's yeah, crazy. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's oh, just, basically, you just made Jason Spets all irre- irrelevant. It's like, okay, he's the fourth yeah. line center. Like, they'll figure yeah. it out. Don't worry. Yeah, like some ridiculous some people get so worried about it, man. And I think like. Kind of on what you were touching on earlier, it's like I the people who get upset about it are, are the group that are like more analytic, analytically focused, and is that even a word? Analytically, I don't know. It's a that. word in the hockey world, right, probably. Uh, yeah, right. Well, you know, for the sake of this podcast, that's a word. Um, so you look at these quote unquote old guys, and you're only allowed to have a certain number of old guys, and they look at a guy like Joe Thornton, and um. You know, he's he's not a young guy with great numbers and great stats. And it, we talked about it last week. If you want to hear our take on it last week about um, intangibles and how some people care, some people don't. And it's clear that management has come over to the side that cares about intangibles. And I agree with you. He's never coming out of the lineup. He'll be he'll be he may have nights where his ice time is less than others, but you're right. He's a fourth line center. He'll probably be on the second power play unit. And his job is when they start wilting too on the bench to galvanize them and say, let's go. One take that I saw that I wanted to get your opinion on was someone said, what does this say about John Tavares leadership that management felt they needed to bring in all these veterans to sort to improve the leadership. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I I don't think it's I think any sensible fan of this team knows the type of guy he is. Uh, yeah. John Tavares is. Yeah. You went out and signed John Tavares because he was one of the biggest names in the NHL and you knew what he could bring every single night. And John Tavares was named captain of this hockey team because not because he can galvanize the bench when things are going bad. It's because he is probably, I don't want to say for sure, but I would almost be for sure that he is probably the most consistent human being on planet Earth. There's probably yeah, no he's, more he's consistent a, human being on planet Earth than John Tavares. He's a lead by example kind of guy. He's not absolutely, a, yeah, get up and get in someone's face kind of guy. But my biggest point, I said it last podcast, and I, I don't know if I emphasize it enough, is with this team, what I find is like bringing in one guy will not make a difference, okay? Like bringing in one guy who's a special player, supposed to be a leader, it, it's hard to come in as as a solo act and just take over a whole room and a culture. And I don't think John Tavares has that personality to do that. I'm sure there's one guy in the league 
who can come in as a solo act and kind of change the whole thing. But I just, he's not that type of guy. And I think anybody who's sensible would know he's not. I like how this time around, it's like, okay, we're bringing in three, a three headed monster of veterans who are all going to come but, in at once. And it's like, and, okay, and now you have them three. We're removing two guys in Kapanen and Janssen who were a part of this sort of like younger core that we were putting together. So we're sending a message to everyone else in the core saying, you failed. And when you fail, there are consequences. And the consequences are you lost two of your buddies and we're bringing in these veteran guys to show you how to win and to show you how to get it done. Yeah, 100%. I, I just think about it as I, I just find that sometimes in in the sports media world, things are made out to be like a perfect situation. I think everybody is just so different. And you would know that John Tavares coming in by himself is, is not going to make a huge difference. He's a quiet dude. And like you said, he's a lead by example type of guy. I, I just love the fact that it's just they've brought in personalities and multiple personalities that are just going to come in and they're just going to naturally kind of take over. Like, for example, I love Joe Thornton. I love the Thornton signing because Joe isn't just a guy in the league who's who's just been a great player. Joe was a first overall pick. Yeah. Joe w- had high expectations and did not meet them early in his career with Boston. It took yep. him a couple of years to finally get to those 80, 90, 100 point totals. He knows what it's like to have expectation on him. And I love that because you you bring that personality into that room who's had all those years of experience with dealing with expectation. And you have him talk to Marner and Nylander and Matthews. And it's just like everybody who's done an interview on radio in this league knows how special Joe Thornton is. So that's why it's just so sick that it's like, okay, let's bring this guy in. Like, let the, it's just, it's the best. It's the best thing for this team right now. Yep. Yep. Un, undoubtedly. And we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, whenever they get back, you know, Gary said at the draft that they're aiming for a January start. Um, we'll see how it goes. We'll like, everything's up in the air, but after all this has kind of gone down in the last couple of weeks with free agency and all these signings, it's like, I'm ready to get going here. It's like, I'm, I'm stoked before we, um, wrap this baby up for this week. I have two more things I want to get your take on the Leafs sign Ilya Mikheyev two years, 1.645 million average annual value. Your thoughts on that? I think it's a good value for them. I like that he got it for, they got him, excuse me, for two years. And he's a guy who, he he was okay when they went into the bubble before he hurt his wrist. Um, He was, you were his biggest fan. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of go back because at the beginning of last season, the Leafs did the classic signing of a guy from another country who's highly touted. And the guy comes in, he's got tons of speed, he's got the ability to finish, and I loved what he did for the first 39 games, okay? Or how many games he played. I think it was 39. And then he goes away on his injury, comes back to the bubble, does absolutely nothing when he comes back, which is tough. You've had all that time off, you're coming in, 
it's not easy to get points. The injury in this he had to Ryan was like a yeah, significant, scary injury. Yeah. But here's what I absolutely cannot stand about this whole situation. At the end of the day, no matter how you feel about the player, okay, because I'm kind of getting into that territory. I've always talked about how I don't want to fall in love with hockey players, and I'm working on it every single day. This guy showed unbelievable attributes, but we're talking about him in like a $2 million range. And and we just signed Wayne Simmons, who's have who's had a proven career of scoring 30 goals and being successful on the power play for a buck and a half. At the end of the day, I may love that McKayev skates fast and four checks, but at he's got a 39 game resume. So when I hear his agent come out and say, Well, we were just trying to do the Leafs a favor to fit under the cap, it's like, okay, this is getting a little stupid. You've really yeah. done nothing, okay? Well, like, I mean, I don't understand why he commands the, the like why his agent thinks that he can go out and say something like that. It's like this is the only hockey team that took a chance on this guy, and the only reason why he's anything is because of this hockey team. So don't yeah. come out and say you, you're doing them a favor to fit under the cap. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, yeah, and but that's agent posturing, right? That is they, they were ridiculous. Gonna, they were gonna go to two, they were gonna go to arbitration. Yeah, and they, and they were asking yeah. for two point six. And the reason why they didn't go to arbitration is because they know they would have got slaughtered in ar- arbitration. Yes. Because this guy's done nothing. Yes. Like I, that's why it's like okay, we're gonna take the deal and then come out after and say, well, we were just trying to f- get a number that fit under the cap. It's like that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You just did that because you know your player's worth that or less, and you didn't want to go to arbitration because he probably would have got slaughtered because this guy's done nothing, even though he's he's got shown great ability to do amazing things in this league. At the end of the day, it's what you've done, and it's nothing. So well, that, here's, that whole situation just pissed me off, to be honest with here's, you. Let me present it to you in a different light, okay? You got rid of two guys in... Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen, who you and I have both been on the record saying were two mediocre hockey players who were getting who, who were both overpaid. You've removed those two and replaced them with Ilya Mikhaev, who's making 1.645, and Nick Robertson, who's making 821 grand on an ELC. That's pretty. I I do that swap any day of the week, one hundred percent. So so if you look at it from a talent in, talent out, money in, money out, it's a good move in the sense that you got rid of Casper Kapanen who couldn't hang in the top six, and Andreas Janssen who for whatever reason people in this city just loved him, and I could never figure it out. Like the dude had a game here and a game there, but overall he was nothing special. And you've like what I saw from in those thirty nine games from Ilya Mikheyev last year. He was just as good as Andreas Janssen ever was. Sorry if that if you disagree with me on that. And then Nick Robertson, who we all think has unreal upside. So yeah, yeah, I, you, you bring it up. You bring up that point, and I totally agree with you. It's nothing to do with Ilya Mikheyev's talent. I yeah, love no, the I know. guy. I, I know what you're saying, but I, but you're I right. Love they, the guy. But they knew what you know, and that's why they avoided arbitration. You're and it's right. just like, come on. Like, what's yeah. with 
What's with the ego all of a sudden? It's like, dude, you were nothing until this team went out and decided to put you on their roster. And and you're out demanding 2.6 for 39 games? The great one scored 50 goals in 39 games, bud. You had 23 <laughs> points. Like, chill out. Like, uh. 2.6. Okay. No, no. You got a lot more to prove in this league. I don't think so. So I, I'm happy they got that done under as long as the Leafs are happy with the number that they got and they think they could that it's going to work under their cap. Then you know what? Whatever. I don't care. I just didn't like the whole agent posturing, which is classic stuff. But it just it just pissed me off. And and everyone on the radio today being like, yeah, I think it was fair value. And it's like, honestly, I, I, I don't think it was. I think he was. Yeah. I think he's less than that. Yeah. Like, ah, I don't know. It's just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, before we move on, I just reminded here, looking at my notes, one thing I wanted to touch on with respect to Joe Thornton was he went out of his way to compliment Freddie Anderson and said that he thinks really high highly of him and that he thinks he's an unreal goalie. He didn't use those exact words, but that was what he meant. Well, you know what, Rob? Guess what? You feel the same way. So do I. Yeah. So yeah. do I. I am. Yeah. Probably in the top of the top at Freddie Anderson fans. So So, I'm, I was happy to hear that. Last thing I want to touch on with you before we get out of here for this week is I know that we don't deal in hypotheticals, but we do have a, where there's smoke, there's fire policy. And we will talk about a hot rumor. And I I want to talk about this, and I want to dip into some hypothetical here, hoping it becomes reality, because I'm really stoked on this concept. I'd like to know your thoughts on this rumored Canadian division heading into next year's season. So, as I understand it, I don't exactly know the logistics on, like, who, how they're going to handle, like, the schedule, but essentially, because of COVID restrictions, they would play the shortened season. So for argument's sake, let's say 48 games in the Canadian division, playing only Canadian opponents. I think that is unreal. Your thoughts? It's the original seven, baby. Yeah, I think that's amazing. It's the original seven. Yep. I saw someone pitch something on uh, on Twitter of, of them doing, like, baseball-style series. So, like, they go out to Vancouver and they play, like, two or three games straight against the Canucks and then kind of do that with all the teams. I think that's a great idea, too. And it limits travel. Um, I, I think it's awesome. And obviously, if COVID being what it is, if there's no vaccine in time, I guess they'd do a, another bubble, potentially, for the playoffs. Who knows? But... If this is something that they're going to proceed with, I think it's amazing. I think it'll do wonders for hockey in this country. Love the original six, but the original seven would be unreal. And yeah, I don't know if anybody saw the Andrew Raycroft tweet about some guy asking him about a potential player who could, couldn't reach his potential, and he named himself. <laughs> and then he went on uh, 590 and said that, then everyone started arguing in a thread about that. He's like, the main common denominator in all his threads is a Leaf fan and an Oilers fan going head to head. Yep. And it's like, 
the hatred of fan bases in this country yeah. would make this epic for me. Yeah. Yes, yes. That, that's what makes it so good. It's like Canucks fan, everybody hates the Leafs, first of all. So that that makes it easy. But it's like the hatred between Canucks fans and Leaf fans and Oilers fans and Flames fans. Like it would just it would just be epic. It would be amazing. And I think at this point, you gotta do what you gotta do. Whatever's gonna work to get this season on track and to play however many games they decide they want to play, I'm about. I would love an all Canadian division, but if any scenario that they work out that they're going to be able to play the season, I, I'm for it at this yeah. point. I'm with you. Uh, um, what do you think of the the um, baseball style series idea? I think that's also great. Oh, be unreal. Yeah, so down. That's yeah, like how they, you create a little bit of what they call a rivalry. Yes, and, and when you look say? at it, right? When you look at it, that's. That's not an easy division. No, it's not. It's not like they're going to, like, outside of the Senators, every team in that division has playoff aspirations. Absolutely. So it's not like, it's not like all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're the Leafs. We're going to dummy everyone. We are, nope, 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 nope. Exactly. I just, I just, I think it would be really special, but. I don't want to. I I don't want to deal in hypotheticals. Hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to get too carried eh? away with the hypotheticals. And but. I want to say that any way that this league can work out a season, I'm down for. Even even if they just kept it to like the current divisions, which I don't think is going to end up happening because no, that border's not crazy. opening anytime soon. I, honestly, I think that's the most realistic possibility. That's why it's so exciting. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. All right, buddy. I think uh, I think that'll do it for us this week. Little uh, little quick episode just to talk of some jumbo and um, yeah. Next yeah, time, Kyle Dubis forces our life, hand, buddy. Say that again. Fastest half hour of my life. Uh, yeah, I know that blew by. I looked up and I was like, oh my god, it's been thirty minutes already. Yeah, um, absolutely. Anyways, thank you everyone for downloading. We'll we'll see you when we see you. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. 
begins Friday, September 23rd.